Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, Governor, this won't hurt a bit. <laughs> it's a legitimately governor. Bipartisan infrastructure framework recognizes the interconnectedness of climate change and gender justice. The Clinton campaign in 2016 basically tried to gin up investigations or the appearance of investigations to then retell to the press to then say that Trump himself was being investigated. All of these people who are behind the narrative about Trump's dalliances and collusion and conspiracy and the leverage the Kremlin has over Trump are themselves in business with various Russian figures. Savor that irony, everybody. Indeed. This, uh, the whole revelation of the Russia Gate stuff with the steel dossier and the, mm-hmm. the, the last two people who have been indicted are huge. That was what you just heard was the reason, I'm sorry, no, the commentary podcast. That was Eli Lake talking. Um, and it's uh, it's incredible, and more is going to come of it. In the basically, John Durham is just confirming what we thought, which is uh, that this thing was cooked up by the Clintons. Was mm-hmm. this stuff that had there been armies of reporters caring to find this out, they could have. But the media is culpable in this whole thing. They- right, because they just, when something fits their confirmation bias that Donald Trump is really bad and evil, they but, just run with it. They don't care. Yeah, and that just shows that they were in a, a psychotic state of emergency. They, <laughs> they just abandoned their posts as being um, as being a journalist. And to have this happen, and to have it, it's an ensemble cast. It's not just the media. It's also people like Adam Schiff, people, congressmen who knew better, um, mm-hmm. And members of government, all the slime ball members of the intel. So, yeah, Jake uh, Sullivan's a big one. He's mentioned as like foreign, as like foreign affairs guy one or something in mm-hmm. the in the uh, indictment of this other guy. So. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy, this guy is Dolan. I think who's a friend of Clinton's. They, mm-hmm. All these Clinton people. It's remarkable to read it. 
are involved. We know it's it's. I just want heads to roll. I just want heads to roll. It's remarkable. Unfortunately, no heads are going to roll though until we have a new president. I think. Is that fair? I, I don't know. I mean, what's Biden has shown that he's going to come in and be completely partisan. I mean, yeah, but but Durham is as is independent and he's indicting people. So that's how heads roll, right? I mean, yeah, kind of. But Biden could can uh, I guess pardon everybody, but uh, it, you know, at some point, at some this was cooked up this idea somewhere as for many reasons to, to get something on Trump. There had been Russian hacking into um, into the DNC, and the, they knew that they had little pieces to, to make it believable um, of of uh, that they could use. That uh, including Trump having been to Russia and yeah, I mean, to make up the whole story, but the whole story is authored in, in ridiculous. And all of these people are, are disgraced. People like Jake Tapper, who talk about you know I won't have liars on my show. <coughs> he helped propagate all this stuff. Right, all of these people. It was all BS, and all of it was used. All this complete fabrication, this fix, work of fiction, was used. To, to get FISA warrants, which was used to entrap Trump people by the feds. Uh, all the people you know, um, Michael Flynn, um, they got um, they got um, Manafort on other stuff, uh, mm-hmm. a couple tax things, but also on, Stone. on one of these foreign and lobbying things, which is BS, which never anybody gets in trouble for, you right. know, only Republicans do. Yep, Roger Stone as well. And all of these people were meant to find a way to get them in there so they could flip them and they'll cough up some Trump people. That's at at the very best. And then maybe well, you get the big right. guy. But in the very least, you have a never-ending machine gun cannon uh, full of negative news about Trump and investigations, the FBI. All of them went to create this hor- roaring hurricane um, of of false narratives and in conjecture and invective at Trump, and all of it was damaging to the country. All of it hampered his presidency. Obviously, it got to him. How couldn't it? And it was it was a vicious, um, uh, almost a a mugging of an administration that had just come into office. It was a an attempt to destabilize the country. It was far worse. Than it was a bunch exactly of what the Russians a-holes. wanted to do. By the it was way, far worse than a bunch of a holes with antlers in the Capitol. This was a, a, an inside job, a political um, narrative that was laundered through intelligence services. I want to see every one of these MFers involved in this thing go to jail. A bunch of them probably have lied to the FBI. I want everybody involved in this effing thing to go to jail. How are you, Alice? I'm sorry. Um, uh, you're allowed to talk now. But you're not. You, the cat's allowed to jump on the piano now. Mozart's piano. Okay, Mozart. Um, I am not 100, percent but I'm feeling uh, mostly. Better. You look pretty as usual, but you look like you've been uh, tossed out of a helicopter. <laughs> I'm not sure what that. So, means. Uh, do you have COVID? No, I do not. You have uh, uh, universal basic income is what you have, I believe. As I best a, is my understanding. For, a, Alice, don't say anything. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's not disgusting. It'll make you any less of a sex symbol to people. Okay. Okay. She has COVID. I don't have COVID. Consumption? No, I have a bacterial infection and I, I have, um, I am on an antibiotic, so I feel better. Mm-hmm. Not 100%, but better. Well, thank you, by the way, for that 
kind note last night saying, you got this, Tom. I bet you can handle it. Thank you, Alice. That was... Uh, Wait, what? You sent me a text during the show. Or it, I know you can do it without <laughs> you. Thank you. But I'm glad you're... You're not really from Alabama. Alice just... To be honest with you guys, she just rolled out of bed to do this, and she'll probably be rolling back into bed afterwards. But she will be all right. Um, and I'm treating you very well with my bedside manner and mm-hmm. waiting on your hand and foot. So true. Tell the people. What did you wait on the hand and foot with? I'm taking care of the kids and blocking yeah. and tackling and... Yeah. I've been offering you food stuffs, which you did not accept last night. But. Yeah, no. Uh, okay. So, let me just read a little bit of this. Uh, what's funny? <laughs> I was just thinking that um, one of the kids, when I went to bed last night and I was so tired and I couldn't eat because I was so exhausted, left a half a box of nerds in the bed and I ate it because I was oh. so wretched. Oh. That is wretched, Alice. <laughs> So that's uh, how not good I was feeling. <laughs> that is wretched. Uh, so anyway, here's a little bit of shift from while when all this stuff was happening and a few years ago. According to Christopher Steele, a British, a former British intelligence officer, who is reportedly held in high regard by U.S. intelligence, Russian sources tell him that Page has also had a secret meeting with Igor Sechin, CEO of the Russian gas giant Rosneft. Session is reported to be a former KGB agent and close friend of Putin's. According to Steele's Russian sources, Page has offered brokerage fees by Session on a deal involving a 19% share of the company. According to Reuters, the sale of a 19.5% share of Rosneft later takes place with unknown purchasers and unknown brokerage fees. That is Adam Schiff using the Steele dossier, dossier for as much as he can. Just the beginning of it, though. So then Schiff went on The View today, and this woman may, named Morgan Ortegas, who I'd never heard of. Me you know either. Her? No, I had never She's heard of her. She's apparently but I a, guess... a former flag for the State Department under Trump or Republican. Okay. Yeah, at some but point. she's there, the uh, token conservative that well, the, they have resolve, on right now. The revolving chair, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, Schiff is there selling his book, and she goes at him. So I want to ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now. Um, You've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee, and you've defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, Which we just heard. You know, last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people? Well, first of all, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are. Uh, and now, How about everybody who lied under oath in this thing, including mm-hmm. the guy right there with the, the freaking pencil neck? Unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Donald Trump pardoned. More projection, more projection. Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Yes. He pardoned them for um, lying being caught up in the trap that you helped set, which launched investigations illegally into Trump people. Uh, you know, this is this guy is such a snake. Uh, if people lie to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, but at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was... Pro- we couldn't have? You can't. You just have to credulously take everything the Russian agents yep. say at face value. You this, can't possibly know when they might this, not be totally truthful. Yes, this document, which had been commissioned by the Clinton law firm, 
Um, we couldn't know. You know, you, you had to assume everything was was absolutely on the up and up. This thing, which, to their credit, no news organization or the Obama administration wanted to touch, wanted anything to do with. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted anything to do with this because you couldn't you couldn't confirm all sorts of any of this wild crap. Yeah, the whole thing was radioactive, and yes. you know, for what it's worth, I think that the. The sort of hysteria that exists on the left now makes this problem worse because, like, they're more likely to believe it because it's crazy stuff. Like, they're more likely to believe the they believe the dossier because they want to believe the P tape stuff mm-hmm. about Trump and everything like that. Oh, totally. They want that to be true. So they're willing to take the whole dossier at face value and the whole thing, despite what the point of it is, to slander trump basically and the but that like wild stuff that's in there like you could have put anything in there and like people would have believed it you know oh absolutely like regular them and let's not forget what we learned in that investigation we learned that the trump campaign chairman paul manafort was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data, to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump campaign. And to be clear, he was fired halfway through. Well, Russian intelligence was helping the Trump campaign. That is an untrue statement. Yeah. That is a an absolute lie. To the campaign. Well, he may have been fired. Yeah. But the, the effort to get Russian help continued, and even beyond the effort to get Russian help, but you the made president also spread Russian disinformation get... yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people... Right. None of that stuff happens if they don't use this dossier and move it forward and use it, launder it through justice to make it a real thing and keep cultivating and keep cultivating. And that launches uh, intel officers to shake down Trump people, which allows this guy to get briefings on it and to exaggerate what he's seeing. This guy is a conspirator. Mm-hmm. Entrusted you as the intel committee chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. Well, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm-hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is impossible, of course, to do. But it's impossible to do. Mm-hmm. You could have see asked them. You yeah. know, Steele could have gone in front of Congress. As a matter of fact, they I'll- managed to figure out Flynn lied. Probably not even intentionally. They made it. They figured it out. But let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help them in the election, which they did. That's not true. Yeah, it's not true at all. That's not true whatsoever. And the the chick who went to Nadia Kolchelensky, yes, who went over to the Trump Tower as well. Had, uh, had been working for the uh, law firm, Hillary's law firm, essentially. You know, they're all mm-hmm. in, in, in Fusion GPS. You know, she was at a working relationship. It was all a setup because it needed to get somebody in there. Then they'd have another piece of something that they could say. And so they could say, FBI, look, a, pe- a person went in there. For trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, mm. which he did, uh, into inciting an insurrection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, none of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele. No, I think just your credibility is. That's a nice parting shot by Morgan Ortegas. And, uh, I mean, he's never had a credibility with me, but it's all undercut. It's mm-hmm. all undercut. There was a ruse on a campaign to uh, to entrap Trump people, and it was based on propagating uh, a falsehood. And a lot of people are involved, including Adam Schiff. 
he is a POS. I, mean, I don't want to think about him because he's just a POS. Hopefully his book is not selling well and hopefully... I mean, does any politician's book sell well? Uh, I'm sure Obama's book is in every uh, classroom I and guess. every place. Yeah, that's true. But like, for the most part, I think they all uh, barely sell books. Well, right? for the most part, they are just either they're getting a sweet advance because just because... Or they're using it to run for president, so they can yeah. Go on a so, tour. but what they do is, yeah, they go on a tour, but they a lot of times the campaign will buy the books, which is like such garbage because then it enriches the candidate from their own campaign funds. But the campaign will buy the books to like give out as like a campaign thing, you know. So it's trash, but you know. So there's a little piece uh, by National Review on um, by Andrew McCarthy on this. Says, where's John D- Durham's investigation? Where John Durham's investigation is heading? Uh, last week's indictment of Igor Danchenko has the commentariat buzzing. If Special Counsel John Durham has cracked the core of Russia Gate case, he has established that the Steele dossier, dossier on which the FBI substantially based its spy warrants was fraudulent. Does that mean he is nearing a sweeping conspiracy indictment? Will there be criminal charges that target the real 2016 collusion, not between Trump campaign and Russia, but between the Clinton campaign and U.S. officials who abuse government investigative powers for political purposes? Unfortunately, McCarthy says almost certainly not. All signs are that Durham will end his investigation with a narrative report. It has looked that way for a long time. There are reasons why then-Attorney General Bill Barr appointed then-Connecticut U.S. Attorney Durham as a special counsel shortly before the Trump administration ended. Unlike ordinary federal federal prosecutors who either file charges or close investigations without comment, special counsels are required by regulation to write a report for the Attorney General. As we saw with, this answers your question, I guess, as we saw with Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report in 2019, there is typically great outside pressure on the AG to make reports public, though doing so was not required. Barr obviously knew enough about Durham's investigation to grasp that there was unlikely to be a grand, overarching criminal conspiracy case. There had, however, been rampant malfeasance and abuse of power that might never come to light absent a comprehensive investigating report. Durham's indictment of Danchenko and his mid-September indictment of uh, Democratic lawyer Michael Sussman appear to confirm that he is building toward a final report, not wide-ranging criminal charges. I'm not saying there will be no more indictments. There could be. But if there are, there will likely be similar to the indictments of Sussman and Danchenko, who you no doubt noticed were separately charged and are not alleged to have conspired with each other or anyone else. Those indictments simply imply that Durham has uncovered a Clinton campaign scheme to leverage the the Obama-Biden administration's investigative powers against Clinton's political opponent, Trump. Yet Durham has charged two offendants with only lying to the FBI. But at the end of the day... The report, if the report is is what it takes, and the Biden Attorney General Merrick Garland has to say no, I mean the thing is that the report, if it's thorough, involves the Obama administration, in which this guy was number two. Right, exactly. That it's so, a, and I believe he was in some of the meetings. Wasn't yes. He? All right. So, uh, so it is nice validation that we already thought. But I want heads to roll. I want people. I want a hundred. I want a thousand people in jail for this. Uh, and and if you are one of these people who now we now we know that the entire Mueller investigation was a fraud, and 
that whole and all the of Rachel Maddow shuffling papers and, all and these telling people you all who were walking oligarchs. around, who were walking around on Facebook or on, on social media saying, "I'm sitting down with a glass of Cabernet tonight and just cracking open the Mueller report book that I just bought with an open mind right now, acting <laughs> as if you're so freaking special and important in an important moment, and you weren't a biased jerk. You guys all suck." <sighs> okay. Uh, well, and isn't it interesting? Like they're doing the same thing with Matt Gates. All the same people that like were uh, all for the Mueller report and Russian oligarchs and all this stuff, and had all these conspiracy theories. They're like all in with like Matt Gates being a human trafficker mm-hmm. or something. Of which we've seen no charges, nothing. We don't even know that there's actually an investigation. It's like purely rumor that there's an investigation yeah. of him. The yeah, whole but thing. I don't want to, let's not waste time on Matt Gates. But I'm just it's saying like, like the whole intelligence community is uh bad, bad, bad. And they're yes. just using it to destroy their political enemies and it's not good. And I hope we have a Republican president three years from now who is going to yes. uh clean house. Ronald J. DeSantos, who we need. Okay, uh, here's the other thing I want to get to. Just this interesting bit of video that was... you see this video of Fauci from the mm-hmm. early 80s? Yes. With the, the age stuff. It's very interesting. Starting to see, as we're seeing virtually as the months go by, other groups that can be involved. And, and seeing it in children is really quite disturbing. When you say other close contact, give me some examples. Well, for example, if, if the close contact of a child is a household contact, perhaps... There will be a certain number of cases of individual who are just living with and in close contact with someone with AIDS or at risk of AIDS who does not necessarily have to have uh, intimate sexual contact or share a needle, but just the ordinary close contact that one sees in normal interpersonal relationships. Nailed it, Anthony. Nailed it. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. You can yeah. brush up against Junior while you're making uh, Honey Nut Cheerios and uh, could get AIDS. Could happen that quickly. Uh, also, that seems not likely to spread panic and discrimination. No. By the way, panic. child separation happening in New York. At what point will you ask them to also start checking for vax cards for five to 11 year olds? That's a very good question. And honestly, one we need to focus on now. We wanted to get to the day where we actually could vaccinate the youngest New Yorkers and get that rolling. We know it'll take a while. I mean, right now, to use the example of the 12 to 17-year-olds, very good news, we're almost at 79% of them. That's fantastic, but it did take a while. So it's a great question, Elizabeth. It's one I don't think we're going to settle immediately because it will naturally take uh, a number of weeks for that age group to get vaccinated. But it's a question we need to answer for the weeks ahead, and we'll come back on that. At what point will you... So in other words, um, yes. So if, if Junior's not vaccinated, he can't go in the candy store or the movie yeah, theater. Yeah, it seems odd to me. <clears throat> it's interesting because, and I've said this before, but I think the statistic bears repeating that unvaccinated children are still at less risk of serious infection than vaccinated adults are because their risk was already so low and vaccination dramatically decreases your risk, but you are still at more risk than your kids. And it seems to me like a lot of parents have not absorbed this message and have been treating their kids like second class citizens in terms of the masking and how they're, you know, isolating them and stuff versus, you know, and 
as an adult who's vaccinated, their risk is still higher than the kids that they're treating this way. And it seems so odd to me, like when I see a family walk by and the adults have no masks on and the kids have masks. Like, can you imagine doing that to your kids if you're not willing to do it? It's so weird. But, you know, they don't like wearing masks and they don't want to and they can't like um, acknowledge that their kids are like real human people who also don't like wearing masks and would like to see their friends' faces and things like that. But I found the... uh, quintessential example of this today um, by Alexis C. Madrigal, who is, he's a writer at The Atlantic. Oh, good. Good. I haven't read this. In this, um, he writes, uh, getting back to normal is only possible until you test positive. I was ultra careful for 18 months. Then I got COVID. Uh, When I first received the invitation to the wedding where I would eventually get COVID, I was on the fence about attending it all. Uh, So he says it's like really important to his friend. He wants to go to New Orleans. He really wanted to go. I was very excited. But the downside was, of course, risk of exposure to COVID. Sure, I'm vaccinated. Two shots of Pfizer and the wedding's other attendees would all be vaccinated, too. But breakthrough cases happen and we'd be in New Orleans in October, a place where cases are high and vaccination is inconsistent. One could not expect not to get exposed to COVID. So then it goes on how he argued with his wife. His wife didn't want him to go and take the risk. And um, he he says, even though like the risk to him was low, he was concerned. And his wife is also vaccinated. And then they have kids who are not vaccinated, but obviously Mm -hmm. their risk is extremely low. So we went back and forth. He looked at flights. He almost didn't go. And then like when he got the last reminder email, to RSVP, he decided he would go. As the day approached, my wife and I had not run through every scenario. I still was not precisely sure how the wedding would work COVID-wise. My friend is a doctor, and I knew the crowd would be mostly New York and California people. There would be no anti-vaxxers among the guests. Oh, good. And the invitation said they'd follow the local public health protocols. And I think I didn't want to know too much. If I'm honest with myself, once I decided to go, it felt like I'd committed to taking on some risk. At the same time, my wife and I had been in COVID lockstep for so long, I don't think I had the courage to say, hey, I want to go to this wedding and it's probably going to be maskless. And are we really okay with that? I don't think she wanted to be the one saying no to seeing my friends if I was willing to do it. So I boarded my flight without... By the way, uh, can I just interject here for a moment? Mm-hmm. This is a total, complete, and abject pussy, again, that we're dealing with. This is what this is. A parade of pussies is what we have <laughs> happening in this recent weeks. Sorry about that. I'm sorry to use that term, but I don't think there's a better term for it. I apologize. If you guys know a better term, please send us a recommendation. <laughs> Somebody sent an email and said they didn't think that was that bad. So Thank you. So I boarded my flight without the kind of real conversation and, as important, return plan that we should have made. I spent hours in an N95 mask in the Las Vegas airport and on planes before arriving in Louisiana and heading to the welcome drinks. I walked in and saw that people were all inside, fairly densely packed in a big room. No one was wearing a mask. Everyone was celebrating like people who haven't seen each other for a long time, ready for a wedding weekend in the greatest city in America. Incredible. (laughs) For some reason, I was shocked. I don't know why I didn't... For some reason. <laughs> well, let me tell you why. Because you're a... Pussy. That's why. Okay? <sighs> I don't know why I didn't expect it to look like that. Maybe I thought we'd be in a garden under some Wait nice a string so, lights. So, so, so this is... This a, is the welcome a, drinks. Like, no, but the, I understand what the welcome okay. drinks are. Okay. I'm saying, this is... 
A writer for the Atlantic? Yeah, he's 39 years old. 39 years old. And an athlete, so. <laughs> you know what else he is? <laughs> Say it else. I don't talk like Say that. Say what he is. No, I don't talk Alice? like that. That's Alice? not part of my brand. Alice? I don't talk that way. You know what he is. Just say it. <laughs> no, he's a wimp. Mm-hmm. Okay. How could you write this? Do you realize <laughs> if I wrote this? I think his wife made him write it. I think she if, did. If because... I wrote this, Alice, be, mm-hmm. I would get friends who don't even call me would be calling me. My friend John and Mike and, uh, and Jay would call me and say, hey, you are such a bleeping... Do you know <laughs> what? Okay. Maybe I thought we'd be in a garden under some nice string lights, mostly keeping Alice, our masks I wanna, on. I want to hurt him, Alice. I'm feeling that, thoughts of, of harm. In that maybe it helps way. I almost turned around and begged off in the that, night uh, of drinks. Garden in that what? Under some nice string lights, keeping our masks on in that maybe it helps way. You know, he loved that flourish. He loved it. <laughs> oh, it's kind of uh, wistful. I almost turned around and begged off the night of drinks, figuring that the next day would be less risky. I've, I've even got a problem with begged off. But I'd come all that way. Here were my friends, family, and close friends, the woman he'd fallen in love with. I just couldn't do it. And all the, everyone is vaccinated reasoning. By the way, they're thrilled reading this right now. Started to play in my head. Wow. He says a dozen people at the wedding Jake, got, are Jake, you th- positive. that's what you thought about when you came to the wedding? Mm-hmm. And everyone is vaccinated and reasoning. Sorry, Jake, started, we didn't rent the uh, wistful garden. <laughs> it started to play in my head. I ordered a tequila and soda, pushed breakthrough infections out of my mind, made some new friends, and had a great time. The wedding was maskless, too, but in a huge, airy, gorgeous building. There was a second line through the streets, and people danced, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then when that part ended, a bunch of people went next door to a huge party spot, but I left as soon as I saw the piano bar and club scene there. Oh, yes, absolutely <laughs> my, not. My wife was rightfully getting worried. It seemed not... Oh, can you imagine how much he was checking in with her, his, texting his her? Wife, I think his wife made him write this. That's what I believe. To like shame him publicly. My wife was rightfully getting worried. It seemed not unlikely that I'd get exposed to COVID. Had we really been thinking clearly? Had we really wanted to take on that level of risk? Honestly, once I'd been in this situation, the realness started to unfurl. Outside the wedding events, I'd followed our protocols from home, staying outside, masking inside, etc. But attending the wedding was much riskier than I had wanted to admit before I had done it. How much does it cost to put a um, to put a uh, hit? Out on somebody. <laughs> I don't know. More than we can afford. If you I guys think. know what it costs to have somebody whack. Can you please let me know? Um, okay. So he goes home. He takes a few tests. They're negative. Uh, but by the time. Glad he left that in. Um, and then like by the time his next appointment arrived, he'd started to have some post nasal drip and felt what felt like possibly a psychosomatic tickle in his throat. The next day, my symptoms were about the same. I did an intense Peloton workout, and it felt fine. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked. If you had asked me what happened when he woke up in the morning, that would have been in the first four answers. Uh, though maybe my legs were a little slow. I wasn't eager to take a test again. A second negative test seemed good enough, but my wife heard me cough. One of only maybe 20 coughs throughout my entire sickness and said, couldn't you take another test? I was on the phone with a young geographer talking about doing research at Bay Area Libraries and kind of absentmindedly did the swabbing. When I looked down a few minutes later, I had tested positive. Oh, my. Maybe a false positive? Who was he on the phone with? I want to know. <laughs> a young That's... geographer. Oh, wow. He's deep. <laughs> He's an intellectually curious guy. I immediately wow. took another antigen test. He didn't bake it off? He and took the it? little pink line was practically 
Red, it was so dark. Oh my goodness. Wrapping up the call, I packed my things quickly, texted my wife the result, and walked outside with an N95 mask on and waited for all hell to break loose. (laughs) All hell to break I was able There's a good chance I'm going to have more post-nasal drip. (laughs) I was able to find a long-term rental on our block thanks to an angelic neighbor. A rental what? A long-term rental on our block thanks to an angelic neighbor. Wait a second. He's moving out? (laughs) Yes. Alice, listen. Is there any is there any chance at all that this ends with a suicide? No. I set my bags down inside and tried to figure out what I had to do. The worst case scenario that I'd imagined was, was that How I'd did get they let sick. The, this is not mildly. a substack. How did they let no. this guy write this? As I did. If I was the editor of this paper, this article of his would be called "Fucking <laughs> Pussy." Um. The worst case scenario I'd imagined was that I'd get sick mildly, as I did. I ended up taking one day off from work, and even that was more of a precaution. I felt pretty sick, like when you have a cold, but I've probably been sicker 15 times as an adult. As someone who's thought so much about COVID science, it was almost interesting to experience. Oh, that's what losing your smell is like. But the real worst case scenario was everything that happened to the people around me. My kids had to come out of school and isolate with my wife. A raft of tests had to be taken by everyone. I'd even limited con- I'd had even limited contact with. I was one of at least a dozen people at the wedding who got sick. I had been with several older people, including my mother-in-law. For my wife and children, the tests went on for days. Sorry, she hated you before this. Days and days. Each one bringing a prospective new disaster and 10 to 14 more days of life disruption or worse. But for me, the very... Hey, hey Sheila, Timmy, have you noticed it's dad's a bitch? But for me, the very worst part was my children. They knew cognitively that I was vaccinated and unlikely to get really sick. They also knew that their dad was a pussy. No, I think, uh, though, they I think they had been scaring the bejesus out of their children for the whole pandemic. And now their kids are scared that they're going to die. That said, COVID-19 for them is a terrible thing. The past year and a half of their lives has been disrupted by this virus. A pansy known as their dad has been scaring them every moment of the day. And their mother, who's a psychotic, has been adding to it. They take precautions every single day not to have this happen. So he makes them take precautions and then he goes to the maskless wedding because he really wanted to. Yes, because there's no other way to get a... uh, get a tequila soda they reacted in different ways my non-binary eight-year-old was so mad oh jesus (laughs) no 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 (laughs) alice i'm gonna go kill this person you can't alice (laughs) my non-binary no way he can do that there's no way that, that they can let him write and add any more la- layers of suck. <laughs> My non-binary eight-year-old. Now, by the way, whenever I'm reading about somebody's eight-year-old, I want to know their gender sex preference. My non-binary eight-year-old was so mad and maybe scared that they could barely look at me. My five-year-old... So wait a second. What does that even mean, the non-binary eight-year-old? What do you mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? It means their their eight-year-old has decided that their gender is non-binary. Well, so what is their gender? Non-binary. Okay. It's not... 
male or female. Okay, but I know there's 158 little genders now. What is? Do they? He does he get pick he, one? Well, I mean, I'm sure he could go more. Or she, they could go more boutique. boutique Why are you with calling the, him they? I don't know because uh, they're non-binary. My non-binary eight-year-old man. This guy. This family <laughs> has destroyed these children already. It's it's just too late. My non-binary eight-year-old was so mad and scared they could barely look at me. My five-year-old daughter proved her status as the ultimate ride-or-die kid. She brought a chair down the street so she could fit, sit 20 feet away from me, outside, in her mask. That's what I consider the ultimate ride-or-die kid, right As there. I sat on Man, the porch in the an edge. N95, I'm not sure which reaction was more heartbreaking. It was as if one never wanted to see me again, and the other didn't want to let me out of her sight. The vaccines are amazing. Can we just, can we just say that this guy is a malevolent, dangerous, psychotic Mm-hmm. And they are harming these uh, children by scaring the f out of them. Or the non-binary eight-year-old, I actually like if he truly, truly is hates this person. That. Yes, yeah, as long as he holds on to the hate. These vaccines are amazing. I was and am fine. And then he goes on to say, but a positive test sets in motion huge hassles and anxieties for anyone you've been in contact with. <sighs> this is how we slow the spread, right? It makes sense. The thing is, though, they didn't have to do any of that. He didn't have to move out. He got a cold, essentially. Right. And his wife and kids might have gotten a cold even if he'd stayed in the house and probably not. Right. Like, that's the whole thing. That was the whole thing. By the way, by the way. They didn't have to take 10 days off of everything and have him move out and stress everybody out and take a raft of tests. You didn't have to do that. That was a conscious choice. By the way, he's saying these vaccines are amazing. Is this a pro-vaccine story or an anti-vaccine story? The biggest... Yeah, all the people at the face of the earth decided to cloister, go do everything reinforced a thousand times, every distancing thing possible in the world, every masking thing in the world, every he's got his boosters and his COVID shots and all the other things, et cetera, et cetera. Did everything he was supposed to and still got COVID. Mm-hmm. No matter how he did everything. He's an you know this guy is has thoughts of Giving a tongue bath, we'll say, to Fauci. Listen to everything he <laughs> says. Oh, my God. This can't get... Okay. So, okay. So, then his point... Then, like, basically his point is that we need to not just take into account when we're thinking about our COVID risk. And if we want to get back to normal, it's not just about physical health. It's about how it's going to disrupt everyone's lives. This guy disrupts everyone's lives by being the a-hole that he is. He doesn't want things to... Uh, change back to normal and he thinks we're going to be in this space of not being normal space. for the next two or three years holy jeez two or three years he wants to be two or three years that's it two or three years uh he says uh when do we start treating covid like other respiratory illnesses apparently not for two or three years if you are uh alexis c madrigal ah uh, there's a great uh, piece on the pivot to forever masking starting is starting. Let's kill it with fire by Phil Klein of the National Review. But we're running out of time, so I don't want to. I don't want to. I won't read it. Um, that's a great story. I will use that tomorrow. I have. I. I'm not. I'm feeling negative thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, him. I didn't mean to make you feel. Negative um, and who's this dude from Slate here? This if, moron from Slate <laughs> decided to. His name is Joel D. Anderson. He writes this tweet. If you're not black and start using woke pejoratively sometime post-2018 or so, or worse, don't know anything about the earlier iteration of the term, 
I think it's fair to consider it a racial slur. This guy works for Slate magazine. Right. He continues Woke on is a to racial say, slur. He continues on to say, and it doesn't mean I'm going to do anything to you or that anyone else is, but it doesn't mean I won't either. Ooh, tough guy. Wait, I, no kidding. What a, what a moron. God, people are stupid. And also, if I worked for Slate, I would say, obviously, that's a pretty, uh, you know, searing and an aggressive tweet. Uh, I'm glad that you're getting attention on Twitter. You're so effing fired. It's incredible. <laughs> you can leave now, and I need your But Slate card. likes that. That's but, how Slate exists. Is Slate. Great. It used to be Michael Kinsley's used to run it. It used to be something. That's crazy now. Um... All right. So what else we got, Alice? Um, well, actually, I have one more comment on that woke is a racial slur thing is, mm-hmm. is I've been seeing more of this. Like, we're not allowed to say CRT. We're not allowed to say woke. It's all dog whistles and racism. It's all the Southern strategy. Just We just say woke because we're mm-hmm. not allowed to say the N-word anymore. So mm-hmm. that's how we compensate. And uh, it's interesting. Freddie DeBoer, who uh, he's an actual communist and he has a Substack mm-hmm. now that he writes, and he's like an anti-woke sort of, like he's not for all this social justice stuff. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's all like class warfare and you know whatever. But he wrote this piece on his Substack with the t- uh, headline: "Please just effing tell me what term I am allowed to use for the sweeping social and political changes you demand. You don't get to insist that no one talks about your political project, and it's weak and pathetic that you think you do." So, and then he goes on, essentially, yeah. like, makes the same points. Like, what are we supposed to call it? Because you want stuff. Right. And we used your word, woke. But then, like, because you didn't like that that started to have a negative connotation. You used to call it all critical race theory. Now, nothing. There's no such thing as critical race theory, practically. It doesn't even exist. It's completely imagined right. in the imaginations of conservatives. So, like, what are we supposed to... Whatever this is, we don't like it. So, whatever right. name you right. come up with, like, just tell us what you want us to call it, and we'll call it that if you want. But, like, we're going to argue that we don't like it. And that's what they don't like. They don't like... They were perfectly happy to say woke for years. Mm-hmm. Remember when Deval Patrick told the kids to stay woke? No, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but like now, I remember Obama using it and and people using it during. Yeah, it was, and it was like sort of a, a black cultural mm-hmm. word. But um, yeah, then everybody started to use it, and they don't like the policies that you guys have associated with it. So, like, we we should be allowed to, to talk about this. So no, yeah, it's like um, it's like somebody coming out of the closet. You saying, oh, oh, so I see you're gay, and I'm saying you're a homophobe. It's like you made a big show of coming out of the closet. You've, you're all about this, and you've owned it. And I'm acknowledging that you are, but I'm not allowed to. And it's like what, what the woman Batra Ungar Sargon said, mm-hmm. because we don't have permission to to talk about any of this stuff because we're just too stupid. Right. We're not as uh, I would say woke, but we're not as credentialed or whatever. But they are stupid. Ibram Kendi, who once again really seems like a pleasant guy, <laughs> does is a dumb. He's not intellectually adept at explaining his philosophy or uh, building an argument. He's not. He's he's a dumb. He just is. It's fine. But I, probably, I, I guess. But, but probably because of stuff like this, like racism of low expectation stuff, where it's like people probably thought it would be racist to point out to him that his definition of racism was completely circular, right? Right. So if nobody ever holds you to any kind of standard, then you're allowed to just continue being dumb and saying stupid things and nobody tells you. 
just crazy. It's like the L.A. school districts deciding that they're going to get rid of grades because apparently kids are getting bad grades and it's not equitable. Did you talk about that yesterday? I don't even know. What are you laughing at? What are you doing over there? Um... What's so funny? The Kyle Rittenhouse trial is not going well for the prosecution. No, I know. Too, I by that. the way, that's a whole thing. Um, I'm just reading "Rate My Professor" on Ibram Kendi. Oh, okay. And um, quality is one. Uh, would take again? No. Don't do it. The man is demeaning towards his students and is unfriendly. He will change his syllabus and will not grade your work until halfway through the semester. He does not take the time to explain how he will grade your work. His responsiveness towards emails are very poor. Once again, do not take his class. Well, he's busy getting $20,000 an hour to go give talks. Do not take his class. Buy the book and skip the class. (sighs) And one environmentalist mother wrote for The Economist uh, this week that... Uh, children losing things is a threat to the environment and that we have to start not buying them so much stuff, which I actually agree with. Kids should not buy so much stuff. Yes, we should throw our stuff out. But, um, yeah, no, I'm for that. But but she feels that, um, you know, she needs to impart more climate panic into her children to make them stop losing things. So, uh, for example, she... uh, says that in if we're going to like keep the temperature low then um we need to clamp down on not just the ultra rich in their private jets but also the weekly gobble of amazon g-jaws by the only relatively elite uh, amazon what g-jaws what's a g-jaw it's like knickknacks little things oh okay what an a-hole um yeah so they uh she goes on she says that um, my instinct is to inform my children of the dark truth behind their objects so they won't lose them as often and won't want so many in the first place. Um, and she says, uh, I'm increasingly ambivalent about this. My main job is I'm, about the idea that my main job as a mother is to shield my kids from stress. Um, uh, so if my son's gadget is poisoning the earth and causing another child trauma, then either he shouldn't own the item or he should feel guilty enough about its provenance that he doesn't take it to a friend's house or he might forget it. The poorest children in Renovacion in Mexico take apart our discarded electronic goods for pennies, and many suffer learning disabilities from the chemicals released in the process. As the planet warms, we should be encouraging children to treat each object they own with the care that we imagine 19th century tots showed to their hoop and stick or flaxen doll it has never been truer to say this is for your own good so uh instead we ply them with more stuff as we're supposedly teaching them about environmental stewardship when my son did well at his board game club he was allowed to choose a soft toy animal he picked an elephant seal who he named elefonso although the money spent to buy Alfonso went to the Worldwide Fund for Nature to Protect Endangered Species. The stuffed toys, polyester, fur, and filling are forms of non-biodegradable, non-biodegradable plastic derived from polluting petrochemicals. Alfonso was made in a factory in China, where rivers in the textile manufacturing areas have been known to run blood red from the fabric dye, and where over 80% of the groundwater is polluted. The adorable elephant seal was then imported to America in a sea container. The cargo shipping industry contributes more to annual carbon dioxide emissions than air travel and is on target to double its damage by 2050. I probably won't hit my son with all this at once. 
My husband would call that piling on. But over time, gauging what they can handle, I'll educate them. Okay. So we found a That's new way excellent. to make our she kids needs, psychotic. I know a uh, pansy uh, in San Francisco she should think about getting uh, together with. <sighs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, and for uh, people who send me messages hoping I'm better, I'm definitely much better. Uh, you can reach out to us on uh, facebook.com slash burn barrel podcast. Are you back on uh, United States Soup? We are back on United States Soup, but I haven't like uploaded and put all the descriptions on everything but our youtube channel is technically there i'll upload this there i'll do all the things supposedly and try and get that up hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.